0: We hope you feel welcomed. Welcomed, welcomed. I have a couple of announcements and then I got some good news for you before we get into our Bible study tonight. Would you like to hear some good news? All right, okay. All right. We got good news there too in the Word, but before we get to that good news. uh, So, just again a reminder... We will not meet back here until Wednesday, January the 4th. So uh, we got to take a couple weeks off, the 21st to 28th, and then we'll be back here on January the 4th to pick it right back up in 2 Timothy. Uh, Sunday, this Sunday we've got the kids singing, we've got our, our worship team singing, we're going to be doing a lot of Christmas songs, and I'm going to be speaking out of Micah 5-2 on O Little Town of Bethlehem. So we're going to be doing that on Sunday. And then, of course, we're going to be having our Christmas Eve service, 7 o'clock, in the auditorium on Saturday night, the 24th, with all kinds of Christmas music, our Christmas Eve candlelight service, so don't forget about that as well. And then, of course, Sunday, uh, January the 1st, we we will not have services on Christmas Day, but then we will start back up again on January the 1st. Here's the good news. It really does look like that sometime uh, late February, early March, we finally might be able to break ground and get that building going on Greenfield. And so we're, we're excited about that. And we just praise the Lord for working, you know, in all of this and uh, making it happen. So I want to start out tonight, before we get to Second Timothy, because we're only going to teach on one verse tonight. Only one. Uh, I want to go back to Psalm 145 before we get to 2 Timothy 2. Alright? In Psalm 145, again, David is praising the Lord. And I want to particularly draw our attention to verse 4 because it so ties in with the message tonight. Because the message of Paul to Timothy is, Timothy, you've got to hang in there. And you've got to continue to live for Jesus Christ because God wants to use your life to influence other lives. That's why God, when He saves us, He leaves us here on this earth so that we can reproduce our passion for God and our love for the Lord and our love for His Word and all of that into other people's lives. God wants us to reproduce. We need to be receivers who turn into reproducers, if you will. Because all of us have been given this great privilege of sort of getting the baton, if you will, of the faith from somebody else. And now that we've been handed that baton, God wants us to hand that baton to others. That's that's the whole way it works. And it goes all the way back to Jesus Christ. That Jesus started with 12 men and he invested himself into those 12 men and then those 12 men went out and they invested their lives in others and so on and so forth down to where we are now to this day. And now it's up to us who've been passed that baton to pass it on to others as well. So you'll notice in 145.4, David even makes reference to this. He says, one generation will praise your deeds to another and tell about your mighty acts. See, God doesn't want us to keep our relationship with him and our faith and all of that to ourselves, never. It is never to be kept to ourselves. It is always to be shared with others. God always wants us to invest our lives in others. And then notice what he says in verse 5. I will focus on your honor and majestic splendor and your amazing deeds. And then notice what he says in verse 6. They will proclaim the power of your... In other words, I'll take the lead and I'll share with them and then they're going to just pick up. And and they're going to do it too. And you think about this, in a sense, David is the worship leader here, just like Nicole is for us. And it's like, he started out and then they're going to follow. And God wants us all to be that in our lives. God wants us to be so in love with Him, and so focused on Him, and all of that, that, that we just sort of ooze Jesus. And wherever we go, whoever we come in contact with, we affect them in a positive way, and we influence them. But especially, and we're going to get to this in 2 Timothy, God does want us, because we've only got so much time on earth. And we've only got so much time to invest in others. God wants us to be very selective about those that we really invest in. So, with that said, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 tonight. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 1 because I want us to see this context tonight and then flow into the verse we're going to look at tonight that has so much, it's so rich that we're going to just camp on verse 2 of 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2, 2. Alright? But let's go to verse 1 first. So you, my child, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and entrust what you heard me say in the presence of many others as witnesses to faithful people who will be competent to teach others as well. Chapter 2, verse 2 of 2 Timothy is all about passing the baton. It's all about investing in the lives of others. And that is a responsibility not just for the pastor-teacher. It's a responsibility that God lays on all of us who follow Jesus Christ. He wants us to invest ourselves in others, to influence others, to pass the baton to others. Because there are people that you will touch and you will meet and you will come across in your life that I never will. There are people in your circle that are not in my circle and all that. So God sends us out and says, go out there and as you are going, make disciples, if you will. But I want to note a couple things here. In context, notice that before he tells Timothy, Timothy, it is our responsibility to invest in the lives of others and, and pass the baton of faith to others, he says, but you've got to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because it takes supernatural strength from God to invest in people. It does. And sometimes I think, that, that's part of why I think people, as we say, burn out in ministry. It's because we don't realize enough that if we're going to be involved and invested in the lives of people, just like they are to us, that it's work, it's hard work, it's effort. And it takes supernatural strength from God to invest in other people. You see, we can't do this on our own. We need the strength that only comes from the grace of God. And it starts with us being good receivers, if you will, of getting the baton before we even ever pass it on. Now before we start there tonight in verse 2, I want you to also note this overview. You will note in verse 2 that there are four generations mentioned in one verse four generations. You start with Paul when he says, the things you heard me say. So it starts with Paul. Then notice in verse 2 that Paul passed the baton on to Timothy and others. Okay, so that's the second generation. Then Timothy was instructed to entrust what he got from Paul to faithful people that's the third generation and then the fourth generation is those will teach others also four generations paul timothy the ones that Timothy will entrust this to and then the ones that they will teach to you see how it's successive it just keeps going and it's powerful and and here's the cool thing, too, about Christianity and, and following Jesus Christ. One person can make such a huge difference. Because all it takes is one person to be on fire for God. And that person can influence two or three people. And then those people can influence others. And it can start to multiply. And that's what God says in His Word. It's not an addition. It's actually a multiplication because every life that you touch for Jesus Christ, we don't know how many lives that all of them might touch and then it just keeps sort of spider webbing out. That's why it's going to be so great when we get to heaven because one of the encouraging things when we get there is God is going to show us lives that we never even knew who can be traced back to us because maybe we influence this person. And then years later, this person influenced this person for Jesus Christ. And then maybe this person influenced this person for Jesus Christ. And this person's going to walk up to us and go, you don't even know me. And you didn't even know about this. But the person that you influenced to influence somebody else, it all started with you. And I'm in heaven, or, or I became the Christian, or I became the follower of Christ that I did, and I realized once I, it it, it was traced back to you. You see. And that's why God is just looking for a few faithful people. Who, first of all, notice, will be good receivers if you will to receive the baton from somebody else i want to start with this phrase what you heard me say in the presence of many others as witnesses let me first make a comment about the second part of that phrase in the presence of many others as witnesses that's important too because notice that Paul is declaring to Timothy, Look, Timothy, my teaching and passing the baton was very much in public. In a public setting like this. There was no secret meetings with a, a few select few that was sort of like, you know, some kind of favoritism going on here or, or like, from my experience in dealing with cults, that's one of the things that sets cults apart from Christianity. God is like, if I'm I'm involved, it's out there in front of God and everybody. There there doesn't need to be any secret initiation or anything like that. But cults are all about, we're going to hide behind closed doors. We're going to have secret meetings. There's only going to be a few people invited. It might be you, it might not. No, Paul is saying, Timothy, you realize that what I shared with you, when I passed you the baton of our faith, it was in the presence of many witnesses. So that there could be confirmation, so that there could be affirmation, so that if, if any of us as teachers are going down the wrong path, there are people present who go, Whoa, Pastor Jeff, wait a minute, I think you might be a little off there. That's all part of it, too. It's it's part of being accountable to one another. See, that's part of Christianity. You see. But I love what Paul said. He said to Timothy, the things you heard me say. See, part of why Timothy can even reproduce himself in the lives of others and pass the baton is because Timothy went through a time of training under Paul. Of being discipled. Of being a learner. A disciple. Of sitting under teaching. But, not any teaching, but made sure it was good. Good teaching, competent teaching, accurate teaching. Because as Paul says in many of the pastoral epistles, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus, there's a lot of false teaching and false teachers out there and you've got to be careful. And really that message runs throughout the New Testament. Be careful of who you are listening to and who are you hearing from. Because if we're not hearing it ac- accurately, then guess what? What we pass on to others is going to be just as inaccurate. It's like that old game that, you know, kids or teens play where they all sat in a circle and someone made up a little story and they started passing it around the circle. And by the time it gets to the end, it's nothing like it was when it started out. See, it's our responsibility to make sure that we get it right so that we can pass it on right. And so we've got to make sure that as receivers, that we're hearing it properly properly that we're paying attention, that we're listening carefully, that we're, you know, sitting up and and absorbing it because, again, God never wants it to just stay with us. God wants us then to take what we learn and what we're getting from others and pass it on at times to others as well. Now, let me also give you this encouragement. You will also notice something there that may blow some of you away, I don't know. It is important as Christians that we learn to be what we call self-feeders. In other words, that all of us as individuals, we we need to have our time in the Word by ourselves. We, we need to read the Word, we need to study the Word on our own. No doubt about that. But I think sometimes where we go wrong and where we can sort of get off track from the biblical model is so many Christians don't pass on to others and share with others because they lack the confidence or or whatever to to come up with their own, if you will, lessons or, or things to share with others. So they don't share anything. And you'll notice that that's not the biblical model. Timothy was not expected to come up with this stuff on his own. All Timothy was supposed to do is whatever he had been, whatever he had received from Paul, that's all he was supposed to pass on to others. He wasn't wasn't responsible to come up with it himself. He was simply responsible that what he heard from Paul, he passed on to others. So I guess let's break that down to our little context here at the Oasis. Here's what I'm saying. And here's what I think this is saying. Yes, you all need to have your time in the word. Absolutely. But, you don't have to put some kind of pressure on yourself to, in that time, that's more for your fellowship with God. But if you're looking for, you know, things that you can feel confident to pass on to others, use me. Use me, just like Timothy used Paul. The things that you are hearing from me, that you're learning from me, Pass those on. Let me do it for you, if you will. So where you don't have to do it yourself. That's the model that God gives. Now, obviously, that means that, you know, we got to be Bereans. we got to make sure that what we're hearing from anybody is lining up with the Word of God. But what it's showing is if, if, if you and I can sit under good teachers then we don't need to come up with this on our own. We simply need to just share and pass on what we're getting from others, you see. The things you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Now again, let me go back to this one point before we... So the prerequisite of all this is all of us are charged with the responsibility to make sure that we're good receivers. And before we get to... Who we need to pass it on to. We need to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a place where we can receive stuff from God through His Word and through worship and all of that, so that, again, it doesn't end with me, so that I can be getting stuff that as I move in through life and I move out there in the world and as God brings people into my life, I can share things with them and I can pass the baton of faith on to others. But in order to do that, first of all, just like Timothy, I've got to be willing to sit under and be taught and trained and spend some time just learning myself before I can share That with anyone else. So that's where it starts. That's the first thing. But then notice what else he says. The things you heard me say in the presence of many others as witnesses, you entrust to faithful people. Well, let's first talk about this word entrust, it's an important word in the New Testament. In fact, it's the same word that Jesus used from the cross when he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I'm entrusting my spirit to you, Father. So what this word speaks of, first of all, is something of great value. If you and I are going to entrust something to someone else this word speaks about it would be something of value, something of worth that we're going to hand over to somebody, which means we look at it that way. Hey, this this is something really valuable. It's of great worth. I'm now entrusting this. I want you to now look after it and take care of it. And when we entrust something to someone we are deeming them that that whatever we're entrusting to them is not only of great value and worth to us, but hopefully to them. Because we want to place that in good hands. We don't want to place that of great worth and value to somebody that's not going to take good care of it. You see. think about something in your life, even physically or materially, that is of great value and worth to you, would you just let anybody handle it? Or would you make sure that if you're going to give this over to somebody or hand it off to somebody or place it in the, in the life of somebody else, that they're going to take good care of it. And Let me use this as an illustration. It's the difference sometimes, not all the time, but it's it's the difference sometimes between renting something and owning something. Right? And that's why God is saying here, I want you to own this. I want you to treat it as if you own it, not that you're just renting it. Because a lot of times when people rent something, we all know, that they don't take as good a care of it unless they owned it. If you own something, then you watch over it a little bit more. It's yours. And that's the way we've got to be with the faith that we've been given and the teaching and all of that that we've been given from others. And then we need to make sure that those that we are entrusting this to, that they feel the same way. That we wouldn't just give something of great value to someone that could care less. And so that's why then he also instructs Timothy. And trust these things to faithful people. Notice, not the smartest people, not the strongest people, not the best looking people, but the faithful people. That's the prerequisite in this process. And and what's encouraging about that is, is every one of us can be faithful. It just means to be dependable, reliable. That's all Jesus was looking for while he was here on earth. Can I find a few faithful people that I can entrust my ministry to and invest in? That's what God's looking for. 1 Corinthians 4-2, Paul says to the Corinthians, Moreover, it is required in servants or stewards that a man or woman be found faithful. Faithful. So you'll notice something here. In this process of passing the baton, God is teaching us something. He's saying, Be selective. Be selective. Look, you and I only have so many years on this earth. We've only got so much time in a day. So God is even saying, don't waste your life or your time investing in people that aren't reliable, aren't dependable, and aren't faithful. If you're going to use your life to invest in others and pour into them, then look for faithful people to do it. That's again why many Christians who violate this principle, they get frustrated in their their Christian life. Because they're spending all this time trying to change somebody who's not faithful, reliable, dependable into a faithful, reliable, and dependable person. They're trying to make them faithful. And God is saying, no, no, no. In this process... Yes, we need to encourage people to be faithful, but if you're going to, and and I'm going to spend my life truly investing in people, then it's got to be people who are showing that they are faithful, reliable, and dependable. And let me even say this, and I've used this before, it's just, it's just something that I learned a long time ago, and because it sticks with me, I hope that when I share it, it sticks with you. I think In the word faithful, it can be expanded even to to mean this. Look for fat Christians. And what I mean by fat has nothing to do with physical. It stands for faithful, available, and teachable Christians. Because faithful speaks about the fact that this person... Whatever I'm giving to them and investing in them, it's in good hands. I can trust them. That's faithful. Available is important as part of the faithfulness too, because again, how can we try to invest and 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 influence if people are never around? If they're only here every so often. That's why those of you that are consistent and you're here and all that, obviously you get more out of it than people who are maybe only here once every couple months. That's what I'm trying to teach our people on Sunday. Be more faithful. You'd be amazed at how much more you learn just by showing up. I mean, isn't that what teachers try to get, you know? I mean, how many, how many of us would be appalled if our children or grandchildren or whatever is like, well, I'm only going to go to school one day a week. Cause I got to tell you, I was not the smartest student. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm still not the smartest student. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, okay? But one thing I had going for me is I, I was pretty, you know, healthy throughout my childhood years, and I just was always at school. I was always in class. I always listened to the teacher. And it was just by being there and just listening and absorbing it. I, I learned just because I was there. You and I have to be available because again, it's not about our ability. It's about our availability. If I'm there and I'm sitting under the teaching or I'm in the presence of God and I'm soaking this up, then I'm there. I'm going to obviously gain more than somebody who's never there. So faithful, available, and then obviously teachable. I've got to look for somebody that doesn't think they know it all and can't be taught anything. Who thinks, I don't need this. Or that, you know, I've studied that before. I, yeah, Because all of us, I, I've been a Christian now for 45 plus years and been a pastor for 32 years. I learn something every day. I don't think we ever should get to a place where we don't think we can learn and be taught. I learn all the time. And I learn from you all. Hopefully you get something from me. Because I get, I get from you. Again, that's part of the process here. And so that's what Paul's saying. Timothy, first of all, you've got to stay with it. Because God wants to use your life to influence others. And God is saying the same thing tonight to each of you. Don't get discouraged. Get re-energized. However much time we've got left on this earth, God wants to use your life and my life to influence others. And He wants to use us to pass the baton to others. But, as we go about it, It starts with us being receptive and then us looking very selectively for the right people to pour ourselves into. Because again, there's nothing more frustrating, the Bible says, than trying to invest or pour your life into people that aren't faithful, aren't dependable, aren't reliable. And then, he says this, And entrust what you heard me say in the presence of many others as witnesses to faithful people who then, over time, because in the word competent, there is an implication of time. Who will in time then be competent, grow to, increase to be able to teach others as well. And that's the process. You and I invest in others who are faithful. And then as they train and are taught and whatever, they get to a place where they build up a proficiency and enough knowledge and understanding of this faith that then they can share it with others. Because... The word teach intimidates so many people because as soon as people see the word teach, for instance, in the New Testament, automatically, ah, that's not me, it's not referring to me, it doesn't apply to me because that's Pastor Jeff's job. No. The word simply, again, means to just share, to pass it on to somebody else. All of us are teachers. I mean, I think especially, here's a great illustration. Parents are teachers. Right? Grandparents are teachers. In other words, we're all teachers. We might not have the label teacher, but we're all teaching others something. We are. All of us are teaching with our lives. The thing here is that God wants to make sure that what you and I are teaching with our lives, and especially with our lips is the right stuff. Stuff that we can go back and go, this was good stuff that I got from so-and-so. And And now I've been grounded in that truth, and now God wants me to invest in others, so I'm just going to pass it on to them, knowing that they're going to get to a place over time where then they can pass it on to others. This is the Christian life. This is what we are supposed to be about. This is why churches that operate according to this biblical principle would never die. Because we should always be growing in this way. And you think about it. Just bringing it down to a real manageable level. If just every one of us, even here tonight in this room, Every one of us was able to invest in one other person in one year. We would double, right? And so God is saying look, you receive so that you can become a reproducer. So that God can use your life and my life to reproduce His life, if you will, into the lives of others. And develop a spiritual legacy. And obviously the older I get, and the less time I know I have on earth, the more sensitive I am to that. That I realize that You're my legacy. I want to spend the rest of my life building into you and investing into you. That's what I want to do. And I couldn't think of anything better because I couldn't think of a group of people that I would entrust something to of such value that I would go, yep, I feel like it was worth it. That I'm not just as Jesus said, casting my pearls before swine. I think all of you are very special and you get it and you want it and you want to make your life count. I couldn't think of a better group of people to spend my life teaching and investing and pouring into. And I, I hope in your life, that there comes that point where you feel like the people surrounding you, that they, they're people that are going to take what I share with them, and I know someday they're going to share it with others. In closing, that's one of the reasons why Paul tells the Philippians, you are my joy and my crown. Philippians 4, verse 1. Why does he call the Philippian believers his crown? Because we usually associate that with a reward, right? How are the Philippian believers his reward? Because Paul is saying, when we all get to glory and we all get to heaven, you are my reward. For whatever I did in ministry, whatever you did, that's my reward. My investment in you, that's my reward. And the other thing about the, the picture of, a, of of the Stephanos crown, which is the word that Paul uses there, is it speaks about that which surrounds. And Paul is also saying, you all mean so much to me. I cherish you so much that I realize that by me living for Christ the way I did, my reward was to have you surround me on earth and to have you surround me forever in eternity. That's why you're my crown. And I couldn't also think of a better group of people to not only be surrounded by here on earth, but be to be surrounded by for all eternity. I think that's awesome. And that's what Paul is hitting the target with tonight. Let me leave you again with this great verse. And entrust what you heard me say in the presence of many others as witnesses to faithful people who will be competent to teach others as well. In January, we'll pick it up in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this great treasure that you have entrusted to each of us. You've entrusted us with the gospel message, you've entrusted us with life in Jesus Christ, you've entrusted us with the knowledge of your will. And God, you don't want it to just stay with us. You want us to pass these things on to others. And so God, I pray tonight that we would, Lord, be very much focused and very much more intentional and and much more conscious about how our lives are touching other people's lives. And what are we passing on to others? With these few years, these few minutes, these few hours that we have on earth. And God, may we never measure our life just by those we know we've touched. Because we understand even through this verse, that Lord, it it is so much bigger than us. God, you never ask us to influence the world. All you ask of us is to just influence a few. A few faithful people in our lives. And if we will pour ourselves into a few faithful people, those people will pour themselves into a few faithful, and so on, and so on, and so on. And pretty soon, it will be amazing the harvest that comes from that little seed that it all started with. God, I pray tonight that you and I would just be seed planters in other people's lives. Because God, your word teaches us that one may plant, one may sow, one may water, but it is you, God, that gives the increase and brings the harvest. And so God, I pray that we would just sow our seeds in faith. And know that, God, as we invest in others, that God, somewhere down the road, that investment is going to bear much fruit. Encourage these folks tonight, God, as only you can. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Christmas, and we'll see you in the new year.